Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having an absolutely amazing day today. And as many things are continuing to come about and stuff we've talked about for the last couple of years now, I think is finally starting to come to light. I encourage people again, as always, continue to be for freedom and truth. And if you guys need anything at all, healthmasters.com for whatever your needs may be. Feel free to give us a call or check out the website at healthmasters.com. And I saw something that was interesting now, and this is a research study that has come out. It's not peer-reviewed yet, but it's very interesting because I've been doing more research on it. It's posted on MedRxIV, the reprint server for health sciences. And the title of the research study that they just released last week is evidence for aerosol transfer of SARS-CoV-2 specific immunity with antibodies. And what that means is, is the researchers essentially wanted to see if vaccinated adults were more likely to transmit SARS-CoV-2 infection to their children who live in the same household. So researchers from the University of Colorado detected the presence of SARS-CoV-2 specific IgGs and IgAs and swab samples from children taken from uh, basically tested who live with fully vaccinated parents. Now, we're talking about antibodies here for people that actually had been injected with the RNA gene therapy. And they found that children that lived in unvaccinated houses were significantly less likely to have the SARS-CoV-2 specific antibodies in their bodies or in their passer waves or saliva. The evidence showed that the unvaccinated children could be developing specific immune responses and that basically the vaccinated individuals are shedding through their skin and through the air, basically when they're breathing. The research is starting to show exactly what we had the theory on from the very beginning, is that when you start injecting RNA gene therapy into people and start causing their body to have an immune response that triggers them to start producing spike proteins, means you turn into a spike protein manufacturing site when you take these shots, especially when you take them repeatedly. Your body is basically shedding off this virus consistently. See, when you catch COVID, or any virus that matters, say it's the flu, and you catch it and become infected with it naturally, and your body starts having an immune response, you start building natural antibodies, and you're only contagious for a short period of time. Once your body's immune system does what God intended it to do and you're running the proper supplementation you need like the vitamin C and the D3 and the zinc and your body's able to overcome it in a week or so, afterwards your body has now built a true natural immunity to that specific virus. You are no longer infectious anymore. You are no longer contagious. Your body now has beaten the virus and it is much, much healthier now than it was when it was infected. You're not walking around still shedding COVID because you're now healthy. When you start injecting the shot into people and you keep doing it repeatedly, their body acts as if it's sick all of the time. The body is constantly fighting itself because it's constantly producing the COVID spike proteins repeatedly. The body never actually reaches a point of true recovery in most cases, especially when you're getting the third and fourth shot, as you're starting to see here now. That's exactly what this research study is showing, that even when people are not symptomatic, If they've been vaccinated, they're still shedding off these spike proteins, which are causing more and more people to become infected. Remember what we saw the other day at that that White House dinner? They had the big clown show, and I found out that they had to have proof of vaccination and test negative for COVID in order to go into this White House, you know, dinner. 
And then we hear about dozens of people now at the dinner testing positive for COVID now. Now they're quarantining again. Again, this a lot of it's done for theater as far as in these cases with these people, but it's also showing you that there really is no safe aspect of this injection. And now what's frustrating about it is as we've seen more and more truth come out with the VAERS reporting system, you know, I saw a thing the other day and they were updating it discussing how there's over 4,000, like 4,200 fetal deaths that have been reported following the COVID-19 vaccination in pregnant women over the last 17 months now on various reporting system. And what's so frustrating to me about this is now you're starting to see these reports where mothers across the country now are starting to get on social media platforms and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and basically asking what is going on with this baby formula shortage, how they've gone to seven, eight, nine, ten stores in the last day, and nobody has any baby formula. And what nobody bothers to realize is the whole reason this entire recall happened all across the board for all these different formulas was because one child, one child got infection while they were using a formula and basically died, the baby died. Now, was the baby directly killed from the formula? The research doesn't look like it to me, but that's my opinion. But as a knee-jerk reaction, they said we've brought a recall, like millions of cans of formula now. Now, you got to think about this for a second. One baby gets infected, allegedly dies from the formula, and all of a sudden they recall millions of cans while you have over 4,000 children that have died in infancy or at birth or shortly thereafter due to pregnant mothers getting the COVID injection, and yet it's business as normal. Nothing to see here. Don't question anything whatsoever. We just, we just, you know, we're just going to kind of cover that up. This is why I've continued to tell everybody it's always the best option to try to breastfeed. Now, I understand that option may not be viable or available for some women. I know even when Lana was breastfeeding both of our kids, you know, as far as milk supply, sometimes was lower than needed. And one thing we found, there's different herbal teas you can take a lot of times that will help out with that. There's also two, one that I don't recommend doing on a regular basis, but Guinness Extra Stout Lager, the real, real, real dark beer. She could drink like half of one of those at bedtime, and it would massively increase milk production and was great milk for the kids. There's a lot of different options you can try to use to make sure you're breastfeeding because it is the safest bet. Now, what we're seeing now with a lot of these shortages not just with baby formula, it's all across the board now. That's why we're, we've got more meat buckets coming in. My supplier's basically telling me that they're getting short supplied on this stuff now. And they're, we're basically about to get hit with another price increase on the meat buckets. They're going to go up another like $30 a bucket retail, or excuse me, wholesale. And I'm, I'm talking to him, I'm like, dude, what is going on with this? And he's like, dude, there's no, there's no end of it. He said the meat prices are skyrocketing. He said what's happening is now that when we're starting to order all this stuff in advance, he goes, we order you know futures on meat. And he said all these suppliers now that we're getting meat from are all telling us, hey, the next three to six months, it's going to continually keep going up. This is why now you've been seeing this concerted effort to short the market when it comes to food. You, I, there's videos now I saw online today over in China where they are actually doing – PCR test swabs on fish and chicken. I'm not joking. I saw two different videos on it. They're swabbing live fish that they have in holding tanks to test them to see if they're COVID positive. And if they are, they all have to be destroyed, including the chicken. You're taking the most convoluted, absolutely most compromised testing 
and saying if it shows up any type of positive test on this PCR, we have to execute all these animals. Because why? Well, they're COVID positive. You know, your your fish that you just grilled, you caught out of the ocean, it may have COVID, and it's going to give you COVID, even though there's not been one single incident that has been reported recorded or proved that people are catching covid from eating chicken or fish period not one not one single research has even tried to go to that realm and actually make that assertion because it's false but yet you have in china they're starving out the masses there this is what they're trying to do is create a global food shortage. We've never witnessed anything like this in recorded history where we have governments all across the world executing animals all over the place because, well, some of them may be infected with some type of virus at some point in time. So we just have to you know, drop out five million chickens like they claim that allegedly, ha- allegedly happened in the Northeast. We've never seen this before. And at the same time, we're saying that everybody needs to stop eating meat by 2030 and that basically cows and lambs and chickens and everything and their whole populace needs to drop down by 50, 60, 70 percent. Well, because of global warming. Oh, and at the same time, we're seeing what over almost 20 manufacturing food facilities now in the past four months have now suddenly had explosions and fire. All of these things, if they were taken in one singular instance all by themselves, you'd go, nah. Okay, you know, something, something's weird happens sometimes. What we're seeing right now, in my opinion, is a very, very aggressive directed effort to short the entire world with food. That's the only way you get people under full control because they tried to do it with COVID. And it worked in a lot of states, but people pushed back out of it. And now people are starting to realize everything they told us about COVID was pretty much a complete and total lie, all the way down to the mask. I saw and got another article that came out now. This is <laughs> – I I just couldn't help myself but laugh, not because I think it's funny, but the fact that this is exactly what Dad and I brought up even back in 2020 when they were pushing the mask. A new peer-reviewed study entitled Correlation Between Mask Compliance and COVID-19 Outcomes in Europe has now been released, demonstrating that the use of face masks, even widespread, did not correlate with better outcomes during the COVID pandemic. Based on data from 35 European countries, with populaces over 1 million each, encompassing a total of 602 million people analyzed. Auth Shriva reports in the article, Governments and advisory bodies had recommended and often mandated the wearing of face masks in public spaces, and many areas mandated or recommendations still remain in place in some areas. Despite the fact the study notes that randomized controlled trials from prior to and during the pandemic, I add that on there, have failed to show a benefit to the wearing of such masks with regard to COVID transmission. Positive correlation between mask uses and cases was not statistically relevant or significant, the study found, while the correlation between mask uses and higher deaths was positive and significant. That is to say, more mask usage correlated with a higher death rate. Moreover, the study concludes the moderate positive correlation between mask usage and deaths in Western Europe suggests that the universal use of masks may have had harmful unintended consequences. I'm going to read that again for everybody in the back. The moderate positive correlation between mask usage and deaths in Western Europe suggests that the universal use of masks may have had a harmful unintended consequences. Imagine that. 
Imagine that, what Dad and I yelled about for two years now, and people laughed at us, fought with us, got in almost fist fights with us, called us complete and total crazy science deniers, got hateful emails two summers ago about how I should just wear the mask and shut up. We happen to be 100% right that the mask did not work, and they caused negative health problems on human beings. That is why we had such a strong conviction to go to the doggone school board in Polk County and absolutely raise Kane. That is why there were 30, 40, 50 plus mothers that were right behind us in line ready to get up there and speak their mind. That's why there was probably over 100 people outside because they wouldn't let them in. They were out there supporting and cheering everything on when we dropped this. If you think about this from this research study, it's showing Adults, pretty much in most cases here, is what they tested were mainly adults through this research study. Imagine how harmful it is to young developing children as exactly what we talked about, where you're recirculating your own air waste while you're breathing through a plastic filter, so to speak. Remember, there's microplastic in all those masks. While you're taking masks and letting them fall on the floor and fall on the ground, and you're forcing and yelling these kids, they have to put them back up on their face. You're taking children. And you're putting duct tape and painter's tape on their face and taping the mask to their face because the children won't take, put it on and wear it properly. Oh, yeah, but you got to remember, guys, it's all about science. Remember, Fauci told us the mask work. He told us that masks had to be worn everywhere. Oh, the CDC mandated them, right? You had to wear them, right, because the CDC said so. This is why I say it, and I will say it again. Always question when somebody is trying to force you to do something. Always question their motive and their entire premise of what they're doing it for. When somebody comes up to you, they say, you have to do this because it's science. Why? What, what, what research are you showing to back this? doesn't matter. The CDC mandated it. I don't care who mandated what. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> what does that have to do with me? So again, my friends, this is what's really happening around the world. And again, now we're seeing more and more and more just fodder for the masses to try to continue to keep up the lies and dominating control that they have pushed on everybody for two years. And they're literally on a last leg to try to force this last COVID shot on everybody because they tell everybody it's again for science. Well, now we're starting to see there's literally been hundreds of millions of vaccines that have gone to waste. And by the way, the United States paid for most of them via taxpayer money. They're saying now they're expiring. Nobody's using them. There's a glut of vaccines on the market. Imagine that as well. What do you think, Dad? <laughs> there's a TV show or CD or some kind of video. I don't remember what it was. It came out in the 70s, and it was called Sex, Lies, and Videotape. And uh, it was, it was you know, a kind of a, you know, exposure of what's going on in the world, I guess. And it was interesting because that's what we have here. We have all these lies. we got the videotape. We've got all the proof now. We've got the research, and yet people still don't want to believe it. I mean, you can show people videotape of people dying and expiring on soccer fields. Oh, it has nothing to do, you know, with the COVID vaccine. And, and you know what's interesting about this, and this is really important. I mean, the, the unjabbed, the people who refuse to take this injection, you know, we're really a different kind of breed from the rest of the population if you really stop and think about that. I mean, they literally threw every lie they could think of at us, and we still didn't take the injection. We didn't flinch. Now, mind you, I mean, it's been rough. I mean, honestly, I mean, not, not traveling, not doing anything, not going anywhere, being stuck at home for, you know, whatever now. And it's been it's been interesting. And a lot of people have stood their ground. A lot of people were forced to take the vaccine because they were going to lose their jobs when they did that OSHA mandate, which was completely unconstitutional, was struck down by the courts. But it's still, 
it's it's one of those things, you know, it's like you said, Austin, I mean, we have a right to question, you know, what they're putting into us. I mean, if we don't, I mean, you don't want to do it. I, I, like I, I quoted that old, that old show one time with outlaw Josie Wales, and they had that old Indian man. And he's a great actor, by the way. He's long gone now. And he basically said, uh, you know, this guy was trying to sell him this, this snake oil, right, this tonic. And he's asked the sales guy, what's in it? And the guy goes, well, I don't know. He says, well, you don't know. You drink it. I'm not going to drink it. I don't know what it is. And see, and, and I guess it's kind of like that with the vaccines, isn't it? I was on with Jeff Rents last night, and I was talking about the former FBI investigator and sheriff that I met up in, you know, North Carolina a few weeks ago who was working at a housing place. And she basically said that she refused to take the vaccine because they couldn't answer questions about it. And now we're seeing the questions. Now Johnson & Johnson is limiting – the FDA is limiting the use of Johnson & Johnson vaccine because of blood clots. And we warned you guys about the blood clots, you know, two years ago with Johnson & Johnson. And I've got a friend of mine right now who took the Johnson Johnson because he thought it was the safest one. And he's been dealing with all kinds of health issues and blood pressure increases and heart issues and eye issues and all this other kind of stuff. Because now they're showing that this thing can actually get into this small amount of vasculature in the eyeball and cause, you know, breakdown and clots in the eyes and cause people to go blind. I mean, it's insanity what's happening in this world. And, and it, when Jeff and I were talking last night, and I told him, I said, if, if we didn't have the ability to have a relationship with the Most High God, the creator of the heavens of the earth, I said we would not have an ability to fight against this because it's too absolute. It's, it's, too, it's, too, it's too perfect the way they've done this and how they've escalated it. And he brought up Christian Zionism, which is, is a fair topic to bring up with me because I'm a Christian. So well, there's 40 million Christian Zionists out there. I said, well, yeah, they've been very, very misled because of the Schofield Reference Bible, because of Samuel Untermeyer, and because of Schofield and Cyrus and all the rest of those guys who were involved in all that mess. You know, you know. And so the reality is, is that without God's help, you know, it's not, we're all hosed. Period. That's just the bottom line on all this. But I told Jeff last night on the show, what they don't get, which they don't want to admit, is that God is omnipresent, and none of this is taking him by surprise. You know, that I told the story about how my buddy Jimmy you know, died and how the Holy Spirit had told me that he was going to die and I'd be speaking at his funeral, you know, when he first came down with COVID. And I said, God will lead you by his Holy Spirit. He'll tell you what's going to happen because he's already there. He already understands what's going to happen. God didn't go, whoops, that one took me by surprise. That's why they hate God so much. They can't outdo what he does because he already knows what's going to happen. And they can go in and they can subvert Christianity with the Catholic Church first with selling of indulgences and you know, and then bringing the Masonic lodges into the Catholic churches and then bringing the Johnson Amendment in and destroying Christianity that way. They can do that. They've done it. And they've done a really good job. But again, you know, we have to keep hope in Christ. We have to keep hope in Jesus. We've got to realize that he's the only answer that we have. And without him, we have no hope. Look what's going on in Sweden right now. They've, they've got this – oh, gosh, how can I say this? This prime minister who looks like a lesbian butch dyke. I, I'm sorry to use that kind of language. But that's what she looks like. And now she's sitting up there, and she doesn't have a bit of makeup on. And it looks like she might be pretty if she actually took care of herself. She looks like she's trying to be a guy. And she goes, and she goes, now she goes on to say, it says, Sweden's failure to properly integrate large numbers of migrants has led to the creation of a parallel society and gang violence, according to the left-wing Swedish prime minister, hardcore leftist communist Magdalena Andersson. Weirdo. Andersson made the comments in the aftermath of nationwide riots by migrant gangs over the Easter weekend. What do you think was happening when you put two cultures together, one Christian and one not? This riot over the Easter weekend left hundreds of police officers wounded. 
Wow. Sweden's left-wing communist approach is their woke mentality to Islamic extremism and its failings is accommodating large numbers of migrants as the primary cause of the disorder, according to the prime minister. Segregation has gone so far that we have parallel societies in Sweden. We live in the same country, but we have different realities, says the Swedish prime minister. Integration was poor, and alongside we have experimented and experienced intense immigration. Our society was too weak while money for the police and social services were too little. You know, you know, I see some dumb people there, Prime Minister, okay, just, your, you know, whatever your name is. You know, I see some Anderson. I've seen some dumb people. I have. I, I've seen some dumb people, and then there's her. Okay? I mean, wow. I mean, what did you think was going to happen when you brought a bunch of Sharia law people into Sweden by the millions and tried to integrate them into your small country? Did you really think they were going to go passively into the night? These people are hardcore Muslims. I mean, I got to give them credit. Some car, a lot of hardcore, hardcore Muslims are willing to die for their beliefs. They really are. And, and you know, and from that standpoint, you got to admire their resolve. You really do. I mean, Christians need to have the same type of resolve, honestly. And I know a lot of us do. But you know, what do you think is going to happen, you woke weirdo Anderson, when you bring people in like that that can't even flush a toilet? Germany's had the same problem. And now they're coming out and they're saying the same thing in Germany. The people that are there, the politicians that are telling the truth, that the entire integration from the Muslims into their country by the millions has been a complete and total failure also. The women are getting raped. They can't work in the factories, these Somalians, because their 57 IQs can't process information properly. They can't even flush toilets. And so now we have this whole group, this parallel society where they have four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, twelve kids. <laughs> Okay, and they're all being paid for by the German government, and then Germany's having less than one child per person. I mean, a lot of people don't even have children in Germany anymore. So Germany is self-extinguishing in its own DNA. That's why everybody who can, who's listening to me right now, if you're still in childbearing age, you need to consider having more than two children. You need to have three or four just to repopulate the planet with Christians and people of similar beliefs, because these guys are doing the exact opposite of what we're doing is a population of christians they're having like multiple dozen children at once when they go into these countries and of course it's destroying the very culture on which that country was founded and and the other thing that they've done to us and i i saw this this morning i wanted to read this to you and it said obama and biden largely are largely to blame for the 1.6 trillion dollar student debt disaster crisis apparently biden when he was in the senate was working with bush as far as stopping the how should i say the bankruptcy of student loans and taking that away from people and it says one expert critic who has been following the crisis lays much of the blame of the 1.6 trillion dollar loan debacle at the feet of two men at the very top of the u.s government a former barack obama and senator joe biden it's far worse than the savings and loan crisis or the subprime auto crisis and even the subprime mortgage crisis. When Collins, author of the book, The Student Loan Scam, the most oppressive debt in U.S. history and how we can fight back, told the reporter, these two guys are some of the people who are the most responsible and permanently saddling so many Americans with debt for which they have no way out but dying. Two factors have come together said Collins, to create what he calls the biggest loan crisis in history. The first was the removal of the bankruptcy protection. Among all living, serving elected officials, Biden, Senator Biden, is literally the most culpable for removing bankruptcy protection from these loans, which really is the core of the problem. Serving as a member and then eventually as the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Biden was instrumental in removing bankruptcy protection from, at first, government-backed student loans and then from privately made student loans. Joe Biden bears the amount of responsibility for the passage of the bankruptcy bill. I didn't know that, by the way. I didn't know he's that involved in it. And it goes, then came the gay, the gay Kenyan 
Obama married to a guy. Oh, they didn't say that, but I'm adding that. These pieces of legislation that deny students bankruptcy protection dovetailed to the rapid expansion of student loans for which then-President Obama stumped in 2010 as he federalized the student loan program. To get students to borrow more, Obama pulled out all the stops as the Congressional Budget Office claimed the move to federalization would save the country $60 billion. Now, Obama said they were going to save $60 billion by making the loans federalized. Because this is great for the country. Then Education Secretary Hardcore Leftist Communist Ann Duncan told NPR in an interview at the time the measure was approved, it's one of these sort of miraculous once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. We could put $60 billion minimum there in behind student loans by simply removing subsidies to banks, not going back to taxpayers. Well, it didn't save $60 billion. It cost an additional $400 billion in tax dollars to the American population by doing this. Of course, they already knew that. This is all part of Cloward and Piven. Then the president sent out the first it with an appendage between her legs, the weirdo Michelle Obama, who's a transgender, according to Joan Rivers, as the face of the effort in which the Obama White House called Reaching the North Star by 2020, which encouraged everybody to go back and to get some sort of higher education institution and get another degree. Finance, of course, by guess what? The U.S. government. Wow. Students were encouraged to take out student loans that were termed by the White House, financial and eligibility that can make college affordability a reality. During the Obama years, student loans climbed from $700 billion to $1.4 trillion. Are you hearing that, guys? Unbelievable. They, they, they literally tripled, tripled. They edged out credit card debt by 2012. Prospective students were told to host their own signing day party where they signed up with a college, university, or vocational school for higher education, just like a college football player and basketball players do when they are signed on with schools. The signing day came with its own 16-page instruction booklet from the White House that told the students an education is worth way more than just a higher paycheck. Of course it is because it trains them to be liberal and have a weirdo mentality. It's the most valuable asset for these communist Luciferians that a person can ever have. They, they, they destroy children. They put gay professors out in front of them. They put weirdos out in front of them, and they train them that being straight is wrong, owning a gun is wrong, and basically communism is the only way. The big question, however, remained. How are the students supposed to pay off the debt? But Obama's efforts came paid off as student debt rose from $12,400 per student in 1992 to $41,000 today. And by the way, that's low compared to some that I've seen. They're over $100,000. Increasingly, it looks like the student loan debt is real, and that will allow students their entire life a debt that has been turned into an asset, the White House told. And the $60 billion in savings was forecast by the CBO, Congressional Budget Office, and then Education Secretary Duncan was touting. It turns out again, as I mentioned earlier, instead of saving the country $60 billion, it cost an additional $400 billion not including any loan forgiveness. Now, you think about this. Well, what does this really mean to the people that are stuck in this debt and they can't get out of it? I'll give you a perfect example. You know, the worst hit state was Mississippi, where the debt to, to income to student loans is nearly one-to-one. It's insane. According to Collins, the writer of the book, this makes the loan crisis different than the savings and loan crisis of the 1980s with the subprime mortgage crisis of the 2000s and is the unlimited collection powers of the federal government the lack of statute limitations on the debt, and the fact that the debtors have no recourse to bankruptcy protections that the founders of the Constitution have given us. Here's a perfect example. He cited one documented case where he shows a debtor, a student, 
who believed these lies many years ago borrowed $26,000 as a student loan some 40 years ago, $26,000, which was a lot of money back then. And they have paid $93,593.54 in interest payments since they took the loan out 40 years ago. But however, less than $1 has gone to principal. And because of the fines, because of the interest, because of the late fees, they now owe almost four times as much as they originally borrowed. As of today, the principal balance is still it has gone up from $26,000 to $132,174. She has paid off zero principal, and the loan is five times what she borrowed, though she's paid $93,000. This was for a 59-year-old woman who was facing retirement and Social Security, Social Security shortly. Think about that, guys. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fuss for just a minute. Don't let your children just run off to a major university because they don't want to stay at home because they're going to be little brats. Don't do that. Let them go to a local community college, preferably one that has a four-year degree. Now, I'm going to give you some advice right now. You need to listen to me, please. For, like, like Austin said, for those of you who are on the back row, I'll repeat that. I'm going to give you a little bit of advice with your kids that are going to start college. And the sad part about this is it's ironic to me. You know, I was a college professor for years, and I've seen all of my kids in college, all four of them. And what's interesting about this is I try to explain the background of what I've had and the experience that I've had with this with many people, yet less than one in ten listen at all. They don't listen, and they step into this student loan snare. And I don't know why. There's all kinds of grants. There's all kinds of state subsidies and federal subsidies that are called grants that in most cases many people can get in order to go to school. The child can be you know, kicked out of their home, live with a brother or sister or whatever, declare themselves indigent if they need to, and they can basically qualify for pretty much every grant out there. You go, I'm not going to do that with my kid. Okay, then don't do that. All right, I got it. Don't do that. But they can't be living with you if they do that. They can't do that. Secondly, you've got to ask yourself a question. What are you majoring in? All right, what are you majoring in? Are you going to major in something that's going to generate enough revenue to pay these loans back, or are you just going to major in some stupid topic? You know, don't get me wrong. If you go get a psychology degree, which I have one, and so does Austin, great degree. You learn a lot. But it's hard to market unless you get a master's or a Ph.D. You can't really market it. Same thing with biology degrees unless you go to medical school. So if you're not planning on taking it to the professional level or if you take a class in biology or chemistry and you want to be a medical doctor and you make a C in a class like chemistry, drop that major. Go to something else. Find something that you can do that you can get into graduate school because you won't be accepted into medical school, particularly if you're white male. It just won't happen. I've got a friend of mine, uh, John Parvin. He's got a son. He's got a master's degree in chemical engineering, 3.8 GPA. He's white. He couldn't get into medical school. I'm not making it up, all right? Harrison, my youngest son, graduated college with a 4.0 GPA, 4.0, graduated collegiate valedictorian out of his high school class, finished his bachelor's at 18, applied to Florida State College of Law with a 4.0 GPA in college. He wasn't accepted because he was a white male. <laughs> I can't make it up. Now, once he took out his master's degree at Florida State, they accepted him in the law program because he was different as far as his application process. It wasn't a bachelor's degree going back in again. But the problem is, is this. Think about how much money this is going to cost because, remember, the graduate programs and the PhDs or the law degrees or the medical degrees, you aren't going to get student grants for that. So if you're going to have to put money into your college education, listen to me, kids. Listen to me. Stay at home. 
Quit being a brat when you turn 18, 19, and 20. Quit acting like a weirdo. Follow the rules at your family. Do what they tell you to do. Be happy your mom and dad are letting you live there for free. Get the grants if you possibly can. Work part-time. That's what I did. It's easy enough to do that. Harrison did that. He stayed here until he was basically got a college. He finished his bachelor's degree. Lived at home. Saved me a whole bunch of money on his bachelor's. I think the total cost of his bachelor's degree for his four years of college ended up costing me $5,000. That's all it was. It was nothing. And you see, that's easy to do. Anybody can do that over a four-year period, like 1250 bucks a year. It was cheap. Because when you go to the collegiate high school program, you start taking classes in high school, college classes, the state pays for everything. They pay for the books. They pay for the, they pay for the courses. They pay for the tuition. They pay everything. So do it the easy way. Think through what you're doing. Don't say, well, I'll do what I want to do, and I'll go where I want to go, and I'll go and get my loans. Okay, you can do all that too. But I'm telling you, it's about servitude and bondage and about putting you and making you a slave. This is Cloward and Piven, guys. It's about destroying the United States government and destroying the infrastructure and destroying the fabric of our society with the Frankfurt School. That's what all of this is. The masks were all part of that. And it's like Austin said. They can't control us through the masks anymore. They can't control us through the injections anymore. Millions of doses are going unused because people have had enough of being sick from this garbage. So now they're going to go back to the food. It's like, like Griffin said, who wrote The Creature from Jekyll Island. He said years ago, the reason they're doing the chemtrails, they're spraying this crap on us, is to control the food supply and reduce production of the, of the, in the United States. That's exactly what they're doing. We see that with our meat bucket, guys, how they're going up in price, up in price, up in price, up in price. Guys, this is not okay. And if we... Don't take a stand. Step away from the student loan fiasco. If you don't want to go to college, if you're not ready for it, you know, go learn to be a plumber. They they make a lot of money. Go learn to be an electrician. They make a lot of money. You know, go get a roofing contracting business going. Learn how to be a roofer. They make ridiculous amounts of money because everybody has to have the roof replaced on a regular basis. You don't have to go to college to be successful. And you sure don't have to go to college and lock yourself into student debt for the rest of your life to try to pretend like you had a good time in college and stayed drunk for four years. That's not okay. I know I'm preaching a little bit, but I had to get this out because I saw the student loan article this morning. I thought, you know, Austin and I talked about it and talked about it and talked about it, and it's bad. And that's why I gave you that example. Austin, what do you think, bud, and what's your next story? That's exactly right. I mean, there's no question about it. There's, I had a really, really good friend of mine in college, and he lived with me some, and he graduated from the same school I did. And I remember he got his four-year degree, and remember, I remember the whole time we were in college, he never worked. And I, th- I found it to be very interesting because I worked in my entire college career, and he was always hanging out all the time, always hanging out with us, always going on trips, always going to the casino. And he ended up just getting all these student loans and grants and more student loans and more student loans. And I remember when he graduated, I talked to him, and I asked him, I said, well, how's all, how's all about going? Because, you know, I watched it firsthand, all his cash that he always had all the time in college. And, you know, when you're, when you're in college and, you know, you're working all the time and everything else, and you got somebody around that's always, always got, you know, grand on him, always going to the casino, always hanging out, never really working. You're like, that's pretty cool. And I knew he was getting loans at the time, but, you know, I didn't really comprehend it. And he goes, well, man, you know, I kind of, kind of made some big mistakes in college, dude. He said, you know, I, I graduated finally, and uh, by the time I got done – my total bill was $112,000 of student loans that I had racked up. And this was a couple of years after graduating, I ran into him. And I said, well, how's all that working? He goes, well, it didn't work out very good. Was, the economy kind of dumped out the same time when you graduated. We graduated you know, together. And uh, he goes, I'm basically living at home with my parents right now. And I've got my real estate license trying to sell some houses around here and pay some stuff off. So if you, if you pay anything down the student loans, he's like, 
nope. I said, are you going to? He's like, I don't know right now, man. He said, it's uh, interesting. And I remember just thinking to myself, you know, wow, exactly what Dad said. The four years of hanging out and running around and living the high life on free money and going to school and just, you know, enjoying the four years. Did he have fun with that four years? Oh, yeah. He had a blast. Is it worth the rest of his life in debt now? Eh, I don't know about that. You know, now that it's all gone and the fun's over and you're not young and you're not in college, now all of a sudden the reality of life hits you that you owe this much money with significant interest on it. Remember, what happens is the same thing happened to this lady that Dad's talking about, how her note, you know, quadrupled in size. What happens is with these student loans is if you stop paying your minimum payments on them or if you get behind on them, they throw it into a default. When they throw it into a default, in most cases, the interest rate goes to the roof, and they start hitting you with more penalties and more interest and more late fees, and it doesn't stop. There's no cap on it. There's not a ceiling on the note, so it doesn't say, okay, well, if you default on it, it caps from twenty-five to 30000 and that's where it's going to stay, and basically it's $30,000, and you have to eventually pay it off. No, 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 no. You guys have to understand. It's called usury for a reason. <laughs> it's money manipulation. The money they loaned you was only $25,000 for your college degree. The money you spent on your degree was only roughly you know, $20,000, $25,000, whatever she racked up. The money that she now owes is over $100,000. The money never existed that she is having to pay back now as far as her earnings or her loaning. It doesn't exist. So now she has to try to pull money out of her current job, current position, current investments, current anything she's doing to try to pay back more interest. This should never have been allowed to do that. If they were going to federalize the student loans, which I never supported anything with the student loans, but they should have put a ceiling on it. They should have said this is the X amount of money that can be charged in interest. This is the X amount of penalties. Once it reaches this level, that's your maximum amount you can pay. You're not, you cannot default and have this do this. The banker boys knew this. The banker boys are unbelievably greedy. This is what I told you guys the other day, earlier this week on the show. The banker boys, and I'm not talking about like bank managers and stuff like that. I'm talking the Goldman Sachs, the J.P. Morgan, the Vanguard, the Citicorp, the guys that run the show, that run the real money, the Federal Reserve. They don't actually have to produce anything. They don't manufacture anything. They don't make anything. They don't contribute anything. They don't actually provide anything positive for society except for high-interest loans that they make a significant amount of money on. This is how they function. They take money, and I told you guys, I explained it in detail the other day on basically the fractional reserve banking and how they can do it. If you and I did anything like that, it would be deemed grossly illegal and we would go to jail. In fact, a lot of people have tried stuff like that with certain Ponzi schemes. And of course, they end up going to jail. But when the bankers run the show, well, they can't go to jail. We saw that in the housing market crisis, the massive bailout. The execs, corporate heads, got their $40, 50000000 million cash bonuses out of the bailouts. They jumped on their jets and jetted off to some private island for the month to party after that. It was a giant party for them, and they did it all. They were the main culprits of causing that entire problem. So that's exactly right. Do your research before you start taking on debt because remember – Student loans cannot be filed under Chapter 7. You cannot bankrupt them, my friends. You are stuck with them for life. One of the only items you cannot bankrupt in the United States, which that also, again, is something that should have been removed off that when they federalized them. Also, too, in other news, this is kind of funny down here in Florida now. I don't know the entire backstory. I tried to get it, but they're keeping it pretty hush-hush. The Disney executive who sculpted the company's response to Florida's parental rights bill is now leaving his position after just being three months on the job. Disney's now former 
<laughs> new head of corporate affairs, Jeff Morrell, said the statement, uh, it's become clear to me for a number of reasons this position is not the right fit for me, and I will be basically uh, pursuing other opportunities in a different direction. <laughs> this is the guy that really got together with the CEO, Bob Chapek, and said, we have to hardline this. We have to stand up to Florida, and we have to show them that they're not going to be able to come in and tell these parents or these teachers that these teachers can't come in and sexually groom these young children. They have no right to tell t- teachers this. Parents have no right. He's the one who came out and blatantly said, well, not verbatim. That's basically what he implied, and pushed Bob Chapek to go hard against it and pushed Disney to go hard against it, and then Disney went hard against it, and now all of a sudden they left their – Reedy Creek Corporation free tax money that they never had to pay for the last, you know, 50, 60 years on the table now. And so I figured there was going to be some heads that were going to roll at Disney about this. When you start getting guys at the top that start making really, really asinine decisions like this, all because they want to push their agenda. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that Disney acted a fool and did this. A, Reedy Creek no longer exists and they're actually have to pay taxes like the rest of the country. B, I'm really glad that Disney showed its ugly, perverted head on who they really are because this one thing, this one single incident, one thing I can say, got a lot, a lot of people's attentions that were still Christians and were still patriots and still blindly supported Disney because they really didn't know that much about it because they never researched it. This really got a lot of people's attention. I mean there's people I know that have always been about Disney, and they've even told me now, like, no, we're done. We're not going back again. I was talking to my buddy the other day. He's got a big landscape company out in the West Coast, and uh, he was getting Universal Studios passes now. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I will never give another penny to Disney after what they did now. He goes, I had no idea how bad and perverted Disney was. And he goes, once this popped up and I started doing my research, he's like, that place will never get anything from me. I said, good. I said, good riddance. I said, that's how everybody needs to respond if you're a Christian patriot. Why are you going to support companies like that? And then you start to see now. Amazon, <laughs> which is not surprising, but you guys always wonder why I'm so diametrically opposed to Amazon. Amazon has now come out, and they will basically say they will help pay and reimburse workers for their abortions if they have travel costs because abortions are not available in their state any longer. They went on to say that after the leaked draft opinion revealing the Supreme Court intends to overturn Roe versus Wade, the, the Amazon – said earlier, the staff that the company will cover travel expenses for all non-life-threatening medical treatments, including abortions. The e-commerce giant said, which is the second largest private employer in the entire United States, said it reimburse employees up to $4,000 per year for such expenses. The new benefit is effective retroactively to January 1st and applies when the procedure is unavailable within 100 miles of an employee's home and virtual care is not possible. It is open to all U.S. Amazon employees, including warehouse and office workers or covered dependents enrolled in the Premier or Athena Health Plan. Oh, yeah. That Amazon, the one everybody just wants to keep buying stuff from, yeah, they take your money that you pay them from buying their crap on their website, and they give it to their employees to reimburse them for having abortions because they're not available within the 100-mile range. Yeah, that Amazon. And I saw an article earlier here now, and it shows you the level, the level of hypocrisy. Antifa, pretty much the the paid strong arm of the left. They're, they're paid riders, as we have seen now reported repeatedly over the last two years when we've seen articles and newspaper ads and Craigslist ads trying to find people to basically come out and throw rocks and fireworks. That Antifa, funded directly by George Soros, they have now reportedly attacked a pregnancy center in Portland just days after the leaked document. They said the anti 
pro-abortion men are now attacking and putting out hits on pregnancy centers in Portland, Oregon. Leah Rose reported. The report came at the, as they're saying that basically the crisis pregnancy center, they bashed the windows out and started throwing bricks through it to protest a center that helps women have pregnancy that can't afford to basically do it on their own and they don't have health insurance. And so that's pregnancy crisis center helps them. And the paid thug Antifa members decided we're going to descend on it and make death threats towards the facility and bash out their windows because they're helping women have pregnancies because they can't afford to have them. Otherwise, I can't even I can't even get I, this whole loony world's gotten so crazy. Now, what's interesting about this now, now they're also coming on the East Coast. And they're now calling for threats, violence, and stalking of Supreme Court justices now. They're now saying that the hardcore Supreme Court justices, basically people need to come to their homes and tell them what they think about now. Now, what's interesting about this is, obviously, I told you guys at the beginning of the week, this entire thing is staged theater from this leaked document. They did exactly what they intended it to do. I don't believe for one second a large percentage of these Antifa rioters are organic riots at all. These are pretty much, in my opinion, paid rioters. This is exactly what you saw with the Bolsheviks, the exact same thing you saw with the Bolsheviks. They give them something on the outside. Here we go. Here's theater. Now we're going to show everybody how mad we are. Hey, guys, take a bunch of this money. Go run around and act a fool and show everybody how serious we are about this. And they do that. And now we're seeing repeatedly now these death threats and violent attacks, so to speak, or basically threats of attacks towards Supreme Court justices. And then the White House comes out and says, well, we understand why people are upset right now. And, you know, this is not okay if they overturn this for women's rights. And I'm going, wait a minute. We had basically a giant capital insurrection. January 6th, where people walked into the Capitol building and walked around and took photos, and a few of them got in arguments and fights with cops, and the cops then in turn opened up most of the doors and allowed them in, and you've gotten over 600 people now that have had federal felony indictments and are still currently, right now, still being held without pretrial release, some of them for simple charges such as trespassing, but yet we now have violent Antifa gangs running around threatening Supreme Court justices, throwing bricks through crisis pregnancy centers. But we understand why they're upset. It's it's their right to do this, guys. You know, it's it's their it's their right to be able to riot and threaten people with great bodily harm because you know what? That's what communists do. It's always again rules for thee and not for me. And this is exactly what they're continuing to do while telling everybody at the same time. If you're conservative or you're Christian or you're patriot, you do not have the right to speak your mind. We have to put out the information board now with the Ministry of Truth to tell you what you can and can't think and you can and can't say because, well, you know what? That's the only way you can keep things in line in a communist government. At the same time, now the UK's General Medical Council on the other side of the pond, they have now updated the Hippocratic Oath to reflect current censorship times. The updated draft now will predict prohibit all UK doctors from spreading misinformation online. They said good medical practice is the bedrock that helps guide ethical practice and support supports doctors to provide the best possible care in the world of increasingly complex medicine. There's a lot of evidence of the damage bad workplace cultures can do to patient safety and ultimately it is the UK's ability to retain the healthcare professionals it needs. Toxic cultures can spread online undermining public trust in the healthcare profession and at this time we will not allow any 
any type of misinformation to be spread by our United Kingdom doctors or there will be basically consequences. So what constitutes misinformation? Oh, you, you, don't, you don't know that. We'll tell you if it's misinformation whenever you say it. So you, we can't tell you what misinformation is because we don't really know what it is. But if you say anything we don't like, we're going to call it misinformation because you're not allowed to say it because we said you're not allowed to say it. See how that works there? Right. Okay, you got the gist now. Then make sure you're really careful what you say because we might find something that you say that we don't like, so we're just going to call it misinformation and essentially strip you of your medical license. Got it? Good. Okay, glad we're all on the same page. Yeah, that's what they're doing over there. They've tried to do the same thing here in the United States. We've seen it. When doctors blatantly came out and talked about vitamin C intravenously with zinc, talked about ivermectin, completely and totally blacklisted, was not allowed to talk about it. That is verboten. You cannot speak the truth. That is where they're starting to take this very, very quickly now. And that is why it's so important. Shows like ours, shows like the Hagman Show, which, by the way, Ted and Shannon are going to be on the Hagman Show tonight. Got a, they got a really big show planned up for you guys, so be sure to tune into that just as a side note. But, yes, this is why it's so important to support the alternative media and support companies that are really promoting the truth. And that's why, again, I thank you for your support of healthmasters.com. As they continue to try to censor things as aggressively as they can, understand that we are required to speak the truth and stand up for freedom. What do you think, Dan? Uh, well, often you, know, you really can't say much better than that. I mean, you know, as Christians, you know, we have an authority that we've been given through the blood of Jesus on the cross, and we're supposed to have power, and we're supposed to be able to have love and a sound mind, and we have authority. And, and most Christians have lost that because they've been they put all these these queer pastors into the pulpit, and I'm, now they're not all queer. A lot of them are really macho guys, and they're really cool dudes. Okay. But they've got so many gay guys into the pastorship of the, of the churches now, and if they're not gay, they act gay. If they're, they're extremely, extremely, how should I say, non-macho, and, and they, they basically have these issues that you, know, you kind of wonder if you – and that's why you, 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 sometimes you see these guys and suddenly they come out queer. You find out they come out of the closet, and you go, well, that's not a surprise, and, and, that, and that's a problem we run into. They don't want to tell the truth. They don't want to stand their ground. They don't want to do anything. They just want to be a problem. And, and, and then they don't want to tell the truth about the Schofield Bible or, or you know, or, or Darby or any of the other things that we've talked about on the show because, number one, they probably don't know. And they were taught basically, you know, eschatology in a way that basically Israel's foremost, foremost, foremost the most important country in the world. The only Israel is being used for is, is being used by the Kabbalists to build a third temple to bring out their Antichrist. That's, that's the big deal that that whole country is all about. And to be a, how should I say, non-extradition country for the Costa Nostra, the Jewish mafia. And other groups that are basically operating illegally all over the world, running these Ponzi schemes, et cetera, et cetera, and they can't be extradited. That's a big reason right there. It has nothing to do with the fact that they care about Christianity. <laughs> I mentioned that. They hate Christians, most of them. It's just, it is what it is. And once you get that and you understand it, you go, well, okay, wow. Then you say, well, you mean James Traffickant was right. Uh, yeah, he was right. You can go listen and watch his stuff on video. If you really want to pull it up, look at James Traffickant talks about Ivan the Terrible. Just look, Google that or look it under, I'm sure it's been taken off of Google or off the, off of YouTube. Just, just look through it, you know, and try to, you probably have to use DuckDuckGoGo to find it. But just look at it and watch it. You'll understand what's going on with all of this stuff. By the way, Governor DeSantis is now standing for Florida as far as not having to worry about having concealed weapons permits because our Secretary of Agriculture, the hardcore liberal weirdo communist who won, probably a Kabbalist also, definitely synagogue of Satan, she basically wants to take our rights away to have guns, and DeSantis wants to get that passed to Congress now that we can all have open – basically have carry – we can carry guns without having to have a, 
you know, a permit. I think over 20 states in the union have that still. You don't have to have a concealed weapons permit to carry a weapon with you, which I think is pretty cool. I love you guys. Listen to Hagman and I. We're going to have a great job. We're going to have a great show. Me and Sharon are going to be doing it. Sharon's all fired up. She's feeling great again. She wants to minister to everybody. I'm really looking forward to her doing the show. You remember something, guys. I prayed for you today, and I loved you. I want to thank you for your support. You guys are the absolute best. Finish it up, Austin. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. And, and continue, my friends, to look at the writing on the wall with a lot of stuff that's happening now. As I told you at the beginning of the show, there's no question about it. The next crisis that they're going to bring in front of everybody is going to be changing and from the COVID pandemic into the food crisis. It takes a long time to starve out a food supply that feeds 330 million people on a daily basis. It really does. I mean, that's, the United States is a massive, massive breadbasket. And the very fact that we're seeing all these things culminate at the exact same time with one another while other things are happening globally, uh, as I said, it's not coincidental whatsoever. Up in Maine, the CDC just issues warning on eating fresh fish from numerous bodies of water, all these different areas now. They're now saying that basically the fish have become contaminated with PFAS, the forever chemicals that DuPont was instrumental in making sure they contaminate a majority of the world with. They said it can cause changes in the liver and kidney function. Okay, well, they're saying here, Fairfield area, do not eat any species of fish. Other Fairfield Brook area, do not any eat any species of fish. Waterville, Oakland, consume no more than three meals per year of any fish species. What? Limestone area. Consume no more than three meals per year of brook trout and do not eat smallmouth bass. Yeah, that's what they're saying out here. Now, are these fish contaminated with these POFAs and stuff like that? They very well may be. That stuff's unbelievably toxic. If you look and watch the movie Dark Waters, that movie is so disturbing on what happened with DuPont and didn't change one single thing. DuPont still pumps the crap out all over the world. But again, what you're seeing is all these culminating things are starting to come together, and that's why I encourage people, make sure you have backup supplies with what you need. That is why I've had so many people call us up even locally, and they're like, dude, I heard about you guys in meat buckets. I can't find them anywhere else. I want to grab them right now. I'm like, all right, well, come and get them. I said, because there's going to be a point in time where it's not going to matter what the price ends up hitting on a lot of meat. That's going to be a fact. It's going to be, does anybody have any in stock? Look at what we've seen now with this supply shortage in the entire vehicle market. It, now it's like with a lot of these newer vehicles that are coming out, a lot of times it doesn't even matter. They just don't exist. They're getting everything geared up for the EV platform. So they're slowly reducing the production. Well, it's really not slowly reducing anymore. <laughs> They've already reduced it, which is absolutely crazy to me. We're watching this happen. So, again, my friends, keep getting the support out there. Keep getting the news out there. I got another email the other day from – good customer of ours, Linda, and she said, I ordered the vitamin C, the D3, the quercetin, the viral graphis, the mighty lung package, and uh, just keep it on hand. She goes, I recently came ill. Three days ago, my husband came down with a sinus infection, and she goes, we opted not to take the COVID test. I insisted we take the protocol after 48 hours, significantly improved, cough subsided, and we did not have to go to the GP for the usual ZPAC prescription. I'll be ordering this again. And I just I appreciate emails like that. I appreciate the support of Health Masters. We try to do our best to provide the highest quality nutrients of 
anywhere else out there. You can compare them neck and neck with anybody. I tell people to do that. But do your research on it because, my friends, there's always a big difference when it comes to quality, especially with what you put in your body. That's why it is so important you do your own research with what you're eating, keeping your body and your immune system strong, understanding what happens when you start injecting things like RNA experimental shots into your body and not just blindly accepting it. Not just saying, well, you're telling me I have to do it because you said I have to do it. Just like I said at the beginning of the show. The answer is, why? Why? Why did you just arbitrarily walk up to me and say, you have to do this because I told you to? No. You have to stop talking to me because I told you to. If we're just going to start doing that back and forth, no. Absolutely not. Continue to ask questions. Question the narrative about everything. Just like this research study now about these masks. They're showing now they actually increased the death rate in areas that were mandating them and pushing them. Imagine that, my friends. Continue to breathe fresh air. Speak truth. Speak life. Stay positive as much as you possibly can, even in strange times as we're in right now, and continue to get the truth out there. Thank you again for supporting healthmasters.com. Be sure to check out the website if you need anything at all with the product of the week and other sales and specials that we have on the website. There's lots of stuff that's happening right now. We're continuing to make sure we stay up with our supply lines, keeping everything running. The vitamin C capsules with antioxidants, product of the week. Be sure to check it out on the website, healthmasters.com. Y'all enjoy yourselves. Have a fun time this weekend. Enjoy the Hagman Show tonight, and we'll talk to you again on this show uh, Monday as always. 